All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another very special Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast with special guest. And obviously we have guest segments in the, quote, off season. But basically football season is here. And we wanted to bring on uh, a titan of the industry, an innovator, and uh, uh, a guy who actually invited me to my very first fantasy football formal contest I had never played before. Uh, Mr. Scott Fish himself, that I think everybody knows because of that fantastic uh, Scott Fish bowl that you uh, have. And, and and I have the T-shirt on, commemorative from my first year. I've done two of them now. And uh, Taylor uh, has the same shirt on here in studio in honor. So welcome, Scott, to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I, I love seeing the shirts on you guys. I'm, I'm glad you guys play as well. It's uh it's quite an amazing event that it's turned into over the years. Tell me about it. You just one day woke up and said, I'm going to do this or what? Well, I, I mean, I ran a site about, uh, you know, 15 years ago, whatever, 12 years, a long, a long time ago, I had a site and I wanted to create something special. I have something special for readers and listeners. Um, I, I actually think uh, like, I, yeah, anyway. Uh, so we so we had a listener league uh, type of thing. We went out and reached out to other industry people around the industry, and we got them to play in this league with our readers and, and listeners. And it became one of those things. That, like the first year, we had like Jeff Hasley from Football Guys and Mike Clay from you know PFF, who's now now at ESPN and stuff. And like, I think it's one of those things where each year. More and more people want to jump in because they see everybody else doing it. Um, but yeah, basically, I just that's that's where it started. Just to, just your basic uh, reader league for a site. And now, how many people? You're uh, in your twelfth year. Yeah, twelfth year. It's going to be between twenty four hundred and three thousand. Um, how, how do you manage that? <laughs> I'm extremely organized, <laughs> and I have been. I have been. Running fantasy leagues for 31 years at a very high volume too. I like I I started playing fantasy in '92, um, and you know I I've played in a ton of to- I've commissioned a ton of leagues over the years, and I run a commissioner service, so I know how to run a lot of leagues at the same time and keep them organized. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, prior to uh, joining Scott Fishbowl 10, my entire fantasy experience was one year when my older daughter teenage daughter said Mm -hmm. she maybe wanted to play fantasy football and we had a league that involved me my wife her one of her friends at the time i had two boy girl twins that were like one or two years old and uh, obviously auto draft and and setting their lineups literally i'd I'd put two toys in front of them, and this one would be one running back, this would be the other, and whichever toy they picked, that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, fantasy, uh, that was my fantasy experience. And so uh, uh, in two years with you, I've I've actually enjoyed it. I get yeah. it. I, I mean, I'm not – look, Taylor, our, our main analyst, I mean, he has like 37 leagues. I, I have no idea how he <laughs> keeps track of it all. I, you know, I got the one. Although last year – because you got me indoctrinated, uh, Taylor got me indoctrinated. A couple other the uh, the quote public leagues, and uh, it, I mean I got up to three and I couldn't keep track. I mean I, I kind of <laughs> keep track to 
the Scott Fish, the original uh, fantasy. We did a best ball for you too, just trying to eliminate work, and that still didn't. Still oh <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, you know, some of the concepts I'm still getting used to. Uh, Scott, one of the things I will say right flat out, and you know, I, I do some fantasy stuff, and I'm on Sirius XM Fantasy Channel and, mm-hmm. and stuff. I am not a fantasy expert. Yeah, I am an injury expert. Right. I don't know all the other things. Now, I've been lucky enough, um, and I admit Taylor has helped coach me and teach me and say this is what fantasy is and this is what you need to do. And he's certainly the one that keeps me on timetable in the draft saying, you better draft, you got five minutes. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. Uh, and, and, and for those who think that I have it, okay, I've been lucky enough that, I don't know, beginner's luck, I'd call it, Scott. We finished first in the division my first year mm-hmm. got the bye got to the second round and then got obliterated yeah okay? and this last year i didn't make the top 20 we lost on the weekend that you posted uh, 19 people are undefeated i forget what week that was and i had and and i got a beef for the guy who logs look i'm so disorganized i can't log in right so i'm like <laughs> i talked to taylor about it he logs in and he makes the the computer moves and we actually played an injured player that week oh no we would have been undefeated so uh, I've, I've held that one over taylor for a while uh, it sounds now. like you're doing really well in the last couple of years though that's well, yeah, and, yeah. And, and, and but once again the pattern was we won the division got the bye and got slaughtered in the second week so i might be the uh the marty schottenheimer quote and marty coach marty <laughs> god bless him you yes. know Regular season, okay. Playoffs, terrible. So I might try. I, I'm learning. Maybe there's a different way to draft to try and win something, right? And yeah, I think there is. I, I'm trying to, you know, weekend, weekend. I don't know. I'm just draft. I don't know. And the first year, my guys all made fun of me in my league. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, Stefania Bell was in that league. She wasn't making fun of me. She was great. No, she's but awesome. But some of the other good people were making fun of me. They're like, What's this guy Chow doing? He's got zero running backs. Like this is a strategy of zero running backs. <laughs> now it's and, a thing. And I was just like, you know, they, we had a little uh, uh, WhatsApp exchange or DM, whatever list exchange where people were chirping. And I'm like, oh, he's got a zero running backs right. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I have zero running backs because every time I'm about to draft a running back, the guy ahead of me takes the guy that I think is value in that <laughs> round. And I move on. We're just playing chicken. There was no strategy. There was no strategy. I mean, I ended up zero running backs. And, and how about this? Last year, I ended up zero quarterbacks. Oh, man. And you still I mean, did that well. That's, that's really impressive for a yeah. super flex league. Every time that we thought we were going to get that quarterback, someone took him. And I'm like, okay, but the backup guy, he's not worth a fourth-round pick or a third-round pick. And I'm like, okay, let's just put it off another round, you know? And that happened. I mean, we went – I don't remember how Three many, or four times you did that conversation. We, we went to round seven or yeah. eight before we got our quarterback. <laughs> I mean, other teams had two and three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Man. We were, yeah. And, I would and, have two or three by that point, too. Yeah. Well, smart. I was trying to, but Scott, <laughs> it wasn't strategy. Them. It wasn't zero QB strategy. It wasn't th- – this year we didn't have as much dialogue, but I told my, my first year's guys that, hey, guys, you, for all you think that zero running backs is a strategy, I fell into zero QBs and they laughed at me. You know? <laughs> but, uh, and, and the other thing is for injuries, I want to tell you this story, Scott. Mm-hmm. People have said, oh, like you did well on fantasy because, you know, injuries. A, we put it out there. 
to everyone everything that we know. Yes. And right now on our website, we have 50 preseason, and we'll talk about that, injury previews of guys and risers and fallers and who's back and who's not. And here's my second beef. Since Taylor, my number one guy assistant, called me out for one time, I thought Shohei Otani wasn't going to do well, <laughs> and he took the under strikeouts and, and he <laughs> lost. He doesn't give me any credit for Remember that. all losses, Scott. For, right? for, for, the, for the five NBA playoff ladders that he hit and altered its spreads. But I'm going to call him out on this one, and, just, and you'll, you'll find this funny. So the biggest piece of fantasy injury news last year was probably Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. especially it was unknown. And I remember I was at a wedding uh, of a friend of mine um, and uh, up in uh, Carmel, and Taylor has blown me up. We got to pick. We got to pick. I'm like, we got a couple hours. I mean, what do you bother? I mean, I'm up here with my wife, and he goes, you just got to pick. And I said, and then he looked, and we said, okay, Michael Thomas. So I picked Michael Thomas, and literally less than an hour later, Ian Rappaport broke the news of his surgery and all this other stuff. And I drafted Michael Thomas. I mean, I could have waited my, my time. Waited I could have gotten hours. the information. Yeah. 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 And people do that, right? They'll oh, wait their whole eight-hour clock just do. to wait for the they news cycle, right? You've seen it. They absolutely do this thing. They, they oh, but that, 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 so the injury got me. I mean, people are like, what do you know about Michael Thomas? Apparently nothing. <laughs> <laughs> right? We drafted him. That, that I thought we us. had something. We didn't have any. Oh, we <laughs> Anyways. Uh, uh, and uh, so... Tell me what you're up to. You, you, this this, this sure. uh, Scott Fishbowl is only a small part of what you do. You do so many other things, created the Debbie League stuff. Yeah. And, I mean, that, that's just crazy. To, yeah. And we're headed into college football, Let's, and we're going to start co- covering college football at Sports Injury Central. How do you keep track? How do you do all this stuff? <laughs> I don't even know. I, I honestly think Debbie might end up being my biggest contribution to this industry and people will never know about it. They'll just think of me with Scott Fishbowl, and they won't realize. I started developmental dynasty leagues in the 90s. And I, right. I was the first, the first ever site with Debbie you know, rankings, Debbie articles, Debbie pod. Like, Debbie exists today because I made it exist today. And, and people, it's, it's just insane to see how it's, uh, it's just completely blown up. I'm, I'm super proud of that. Do you do anything except fantasy? I mean, no, you have a no, life. No. You, it's my full time job. Yeah, it's my absolute. No, full-time but I job. mean, like, I, I mean, I know it's your full time job, but oh, like, do you do anything else? No, I am a complete workaholic. I I work. I will get up at two, three in the morning and and send emails, you know, and stuff. I I'm constantly doing stuff all day long. I I'm getting better at the work life balance, but I'm constantly. Like I have so many fantasy things going on between that, you know, raising money for for toy drives through the leagues, and uh, you know the commissioner service I run, all the various shows I'm on. Yeah, it's it's all fantasy all the time for me. We, so we'll ask you a question that we asked last week on the podcast. Last thing, last week we had Stephen Chea, Stephen Che on, and he's now the new commissioner for that Mike Trout league. Oh boy, right? right? <laughs> oh boy. And, uh, I asked him this question. I love having Steve Che on, but he didn't. He was very political. I said, I asked Steve, is what Jock Peterson did legal? <laughs> Who's right, Tommy Pham or, or Jock Peterson? And he gave a very political, he gave a nice answer. It depends, this, that, the other. I'll ask you the question. I, I think I'd probably did he be deserve able to, to get slapped. Did he do something well, wrong? Or nobody or deserves to be slapped. Um, okay. But. Uh, 
I, I, I feel I don't know all the complete information of that except for their rules in their league said one thing and the site said another. And so the, the, so a move was made, you know, following the rules on the, on the actual league host that didn't, didn't go with what the rules of the league were supposed to be. Um, so I chalk it, at least from what I know of the situation, from what I heard from, you know, all those sources when that story broke and they were talking about it is it was closer to miscommunication than it was, you know, an, an issue of someone trying to break the rules. One one guy one guy was simply trying to, you know, operate within what the league host allowed, and the other guy was realizing this is against the rules from what we set up for the league. So I think I'm almost being probably just as political, but it seems closer to miscommunication than intentional cheating. So what you're kind of saying is, is if anyone deserved to be slapped, it was Mike Trout, the commissioner. Ah. <laughs> As a commissioner who's that run tens of thousands of leagues over over the years, I'm just joking. I have Come forgotten on. to do a setting correctly before, and I, I, I'm going to say no to that one because I've been in that spot. You try to do so the ta- best. Taylor's never forgotten the setting either. I, mean. I remember one problem I had. Remember Doc was talking about how he's um, we were late, you know, getting picks like down to the wire. I remember one specifically that it was definitely my fault that I didn't alert him, and it, the, the clock went. So I went on your DMs. I was like, "Hey, Doc's surgeries are crazy right now. Please just." Please just give, let us get the pick back. And you were nice. You were like, oh. of course, too, because I'm sure other people have issues. It's, but I was just like, this is too easy. <laughs> you're, way, you're way too nice. How do I get some pushback? Like, hey, you know, what, why, where, why are you doing this from your Twitter account? What's Doc's account? What are you doing? You I'm, know, usually, so. I'm usually pretty pretty quick on that stuff. But uh, yeah. that, that's the beauty of SFB. That's actually a rule I that is going away this year that I, I'm sad is going away because it, it doesn't mm-hmm. work on all the platforms we're on. But you know where you miss a pick and your pick is just skipped, like the NFL, and then you can just pick right. your player anytime. That's how it was. So of course I can replace. Right. Well, that actually reminds me of something. Since this is my uh, get even moment for Taylor, for Scott, what do you think? What do you? Th- what would your suspicion be if indeed last year? The guy who enters it, we talk about it, but I just don't physically do any of the the changes in yeah, the lineups right. and, and so forth. Yeah. And even the draft, he enters them. I would lose track. I mean, he calls me. I'm at Costco with the kids or something. Okay, do this, you know, person. Coinc- you think coincidence or not, <laughs> last week, oh boy. last year, when we were down to 19 that were undefeated, and you put out that stat, stat that was the week that we played – I played, it's me, an injured player. Mm-hmm. And if we looked at the score, if not, we would have been undefeated. So there would have been 20. But among those 19, you've been nice enough to include Taylor <laughs> in the Scott Fishbowl 11, his first year. Yeah. And he was among one of the 19. <laughs> oh, boy. Now, do you think it's coincidence <laughs> that he played an injured player? Oh, boy. I, I need a ruling here. Oh, boy. That that sounds sounds like he was bumping you out there. Right? If you read all these events on paper, 100% it looks like I did it. I just know I did it. <laughs> no, I'm sure. I mean... I mean, that's past suspicious, right? For sure. Every, every fantasy that. player has played an injured guy from time to time. We've all had the situation <laughs> where we've had a bye and then got walloped in the second round. Like, these are these are things fantasy players can definitely relate to. Yeah. Well, but what about the shenanigans of the guy entering it? Like, yeah. he's like, 
The circumstances are iffy, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> so some fantasy guys. Who do you love this year? Who do you hate? Compare, you know, so forth. And, and what's your uh, what's your takes on some of these guys? Uh, uh, we can go through the injuries or whatever sure. you want to do it. Sure. I, I mean, there's, there's, there's guys I love that I think are going way below ADP, et cetera. Like, I love Rashad Bateman this year. I think he's going to be the number one wide receiver there in Baltimore. I love Allen Robinson. I don't even understand what's going on with Allen Robinson because unless you believe he's completely washed, uh, weeks one through nine, Robert Woods was uh, wide receiver 12. And uh, weeks 13 on with Odell Beckham, he was wide receiver 13. Like, this is... Allen Robinson has all the potential in the world to be a top 12 to 15 wide receiver in that offense as long as he's not completely washed. And honestly... I feel like he just didn't want to play for Chicago last year. I think that's more of it. Um, I absolutely love Kirk Cousins this year. I think he has the potential to be a top-five quarterback. They are talking up here about how they're just going to basically throw it all day long, just light up scoreboards. It's a high, going to be a high-volume passing offense. Um, it's just a spot where – it's going to be such a crazy difference from the the you know Zimmer run based defensive heavy offense, and I think that Cousins has the tools to do it up here. Uh, those are three that come to my mind right away that that I really love that I consistently see getting drafted way too low. Mm. I have a question on Robinson, um, Scott. Um, do you think people are worried about Odell Beckham maybe potentially joining the team? I know he did tear his ACL Super Bowl. He's probably not going <coughs> to play for the first half of the season, yeah. a little more maybe. But, yeah. um, do you the, think maybe that's j- jumping that his ADP down a little bit? And you guys, can, you guys, I'm sure, know way more than me, but the most recent reports have him coming back in November. He's not even signed. So um, right. uh, even if that's true, the way I play fantasy, I will take those first two to three months with Allen Robinson, and I'll figure it out afterwards. If if right. that a- actually does end up being a thing that that tanks Allen Robinson's value, fine. I got ten weeks of Allen Robinson being what I consider to be a wide receiver two. You know, a, a wide receiver twelve to twenty four. Well, for, from our perspective, I think November is optimistic. Yeah, I mean, it's more December if anything. Look, the Rams have shown a lot of love to Odell and Odell to the Rams. But, I mean, realistically, why is he going to sign now? Why would a team sign him now? They don't even know what his value is to them now. They don't know. He's not passing a physical. Same reason Jimmy G is not, as we've been saying for months from the get-go, he's not tradable until he can throw a ball. And, and, you know, with his surgery, he can't throw a ball until into July at the earliest. Odell Beckham's value will be... If he can show he's healthy mm-hmm. and there's a need, you know, with a playoff-bound team, yes. then he can actually get some money. Any money that he's getting right now is, like, token money. He, yeah. There's no way he's signing and going anywhere right now to the Rams or anywhere else. Yeah, I, I, uh, it's, I'm with you. I don't see him signing until near the end of that injury recovery with a contender. And then, and then on Bateman, Scott, I totally agree. Remember last year he had the core muscle surgery right when he was supposed to learning the system, learning his like teammates and stuff. This year it's a full, you know, great off season. No Marquise Brown, right? Yep. So, I mean, like you said, sky's the limit for Bateman. I agree with that there. as well. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, just make sure if you if we pick him that you play him and you don't bench him. Yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Less uh, leagues this year, right? Less and, leagues. And, maybe, and, yeah. and yeah. Put, if he's leagues. injured for a week, play him that week too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How about guys that are uh, are you think are overvalued this year? You know, I, I haven't dealt a whole lot in, in the overvalued players, but I think 
guy, guys that come to mind right now are guys like Leonard Fournette who came to camp, you know, once again, a little overweight, needs to shed it down. Rashad White is there, who's an excellent pass catcher. Um, I do, I do feel like Brady trusts Fournette, but I'm a little more worried about that about that offense without Godwin. Like, I don't know if it's going to be as high volume. You'd expect Godwin being out to help Fournette because he can catch the ball well, but also is that offense going to click as well? Is it, are they going to score as many points as they did? Is it going to be that good? Um, I'm a little bit. I think Fournette's going a little too high for me. I think James Robinson is continuing to go way too high for an offense that I think Travis Etienne is almost going to take over that role. And we, Fournette might, I mean, not Fournette, excuse me, James Robinson, he might even not be ready for the start of the season. So I, I don't understand why he's going as high as he is. Um, those are a couple that came, came right to mind. Well, from an injury perspective, we agree with you that James Robinson might not be ready to go. Travis Etienne is coming off his foot injury himself. And what we're saying is the foot injury should be okay, but, you know, he's a speed guy. Yeah. And and does he lose a a quarter of a step? And my biggest worry is that that regime didn't draft him. That's true. So, you know, what what are they going to do with him? We'll see. Um, What about big running backs? Uh, Saquon, CMC, Eckler, Eckler, Henry. I mean, I'm on. I'm in on basically all of them. I think. That, <laughs> I mean, no the, issues. Right? The, those are like first round studs. Like, I, right. <laughs> I don't have a problem. Well, Bar- actually, Barkley's going way lower than that. Barkley could easily fit into too low of ADP. I, I feel like, and you could probably speak to his injuries, but I feel like, you know, a, a fairly flukish ankle injury that he was probably recovered by the end of the season. Um, the, he looks like he's in the like ridiculous shape already. Um, Unbelievably, he looks crazy. <laughs> it's it's insane. Uh, I I think Barkley is primed for like a bounce back candidate, kind of like an aloe vera player, where he's he burnt you last year, but you throw on that you know aloe vera and you you know you feel better about it this year because you know he should be 100 percent healthy. I would imagine. I think you agree, Doc, on Barkley specifically, uh, right? Yeah, I mean Barkley. Last year in our preseason injury preview, we're like, don't bank on Barkley. Don't. I mean, where we were drafting last year in your Scott Fishbowl 11, I was in a spot where Barkley was going to fall to me. And I was like, I don't want him there. Right. I mean, I forget where we drafted, middle of the first round. Like, I hope someone else takes him. It's the middle. Yep. I mean, we're in the middle of the first round. Like, I don't want him. If he comes to me, I don't want to take him. I need someone else to take him so I can get a better player uh, kind of deal. And, uh, um, down him all year of course no question the ankle but even in the first few games he did better than we thought but he wasn't 100 percent right. from that uh, acl and he will be this year now it's a new offense new coach new everything else but yeah he should be good to go christian mccaffrey's a, a maybe a double alavera player right <laughs> i mean you're like been burned two years on him if you've been going after him but there's no physical prior to his last two years he has not been injured so there's no physical reason why he can't come back. Right. Derek Henry, we're great on. I mean, in that playoff game, I don't know if you saw Scott. I we did. Were, yep. Uh, we're like, wait a minute. He's not ready to go. And, and you look at the stats. Uh, Taylor will remember him. He had uh, just the 60 volume. some yards. 20 for 60, yeah. 20 rushes. For 60 yards. 17 carries for 50 some yards to the left side, yep. cutting left off side. the healthy left foot. And on the right side, it was. 
three carries for three yards or something. It was like crazy. I yep. mean, the two plays I remember to the right are the, the two-point conversion they ran him to the right, mm-hmm. and they didn't get it. And I think everybody's Derrick Henry owner's dream is to have Derrick Henry out on the edge with an unblocked cornerback. Yeah. I mean, he wins that battle 95% <laughs> yes. of the time. Absolutely. That that was no gain in that game. He didn't cut it up. Feel, I mean, and, but with all that negativity to, to saying that he wouldn't be King Henry, there's no reason he's not King Henry right now. Right. With the with the, some of the videos he saw. Videos, right? yeah, the up running, cutting, and you know everyone posts a video. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that's not an issue. The the guy that I'm most concerned about. What running back? I'm still concerned about Raheem Mostert. The type of surgery he had is not one that's amenable to good comebacks. The osteochondral allograft, and besides the the scheme and, and what have you. What is that surgery exactly? Just as a uh, it's a it's a bone and cartilage transplant. It mm-hmm. indicates that he had a significant lesion, bone a cartilage lesion down to bone, and and even if he. I mean, I said, could he eke out one good year or something? Maybe, but the the natural history of that is not great, and uh, so down on him. And and we actually put out one of our first ones that before Saints training camp, Michael Thomas put out some video that concerned me yeah. the way that he looked running straight line. And obviously, he, now the news is out; he hasn't been cleared. And if you go back to Sports Injury Central, we kind of said, and, and it wasn't just me; we got other docs on board too. We kind of said. He might be wide receiver. He, when he, before he got injured, he was a top wide receiver, in, top three wide receiver. He was the number in the one league, receiver in fantasy, right? Yeah. He was in the yep. in the league. He was certainly a top three receiver. I think he might be the third receiver on his team right now, with Landry and Olave. Yeah. I mean, and how he's doing. And so, one of the things we're pushing this year, Scott, is really going hard on the Sports Injury Central or six scores. So. Basically, if Michael Thomas's and I don't remember off the top of my head what his six score was, is now for the season, but it's not very high. 58. Yeah. So we have him at 58, which means if he's projected to get 1,000 yards, count on 580. Oh, boy. That's that's the way that we try and utilize the the six scores, uh, et cetera. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but... I know one thing for sure is that in Scott Fishbowl 12, there's no possible way that I will end up in first place because I've talked about it now. So it is done. It's on record. Yeah, you're it's, right. uh, there's not a chance. Jinxed I mean, it. I'll be lucky to avoid last place at this point in time uh, kind, kind of thing. And, and, I'll, and I won't even need Taylor shenanigans to knock me out. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll do oh, something boy. silly. I mean, my, my beginner – I mean, Scott – have you ever heard of anyone who joined Scott Fishbowl who's never formally played fantasy before? Uh, there have been, but they've been like really seven years old, eleven year old. Okay, <laughs> like we <laughs> like kids. He, he brought it down, down there. Time. <laughs> but well, look, Scott, I think, I'm a I lot think... closer to seventy than I am to seven. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm on that side of the equation, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I was like. Flattered, but and having a lot of fun. So thank you very no, much, very and it teaches me a lot. And you know, the number one question I always get is, should I play? play should I play so and so this week? Like, depends on who you have. Oh yeah, else you have, and it depends on your league right. and your scoring. I, I can't answer. I could just tell you the injury side of what exactly. it is. I can't Those are big tell issues, you the yeah. other side of 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 what's happening. <laughs> well, Scott, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate you. And and you know, 
shout out to you and you do all this and you raise a lot of money for charity yep. and that's what you try and do with all of it and the yep. fantasy community in general has been that way but you especially so definitely kudos to you we'll figure out some donation again whether toys for tots or or something else i know you love that yep. uh toys for tots is a good thing uh, i was a big supporter back in the day uh of the shop with a jock program with junior sale okay I was on his board and what made it really special yes you would it was partnered with target and it's very similar for toys for tots but what I loved about it is this. And so toys for tots are near and dear to me. You, you want every kid to get a toy for Christmas and the mm-hmm. whole deal. But what the Sale Foundation did with Shop with a Jock is they wrote letters and then you got accepted. And you got money and you would shop with an athlete. Sometimes it was a college athlete, whatever, San Diego State, USD, sometimes Chargers, Padres. And that athlete would supervise your shopping. And you and, – and, on rare occasions, they were short board members like myself would shop with kids. But the, the job was to come home and be a hero. Get something for your mom. Get something for your brother. Get something for your sister. Budget your money. Get something for your dad. And now with the leftover money, get something for you. Now, what would always happen is if there was any overage, either the store took care of it or the athlete kicked yeah, in the money. And sure. The kid got what he wanted. And I always thought it was just so special. That's amazing. That not only to get a toy, but yeah. like... It teaches them the gift of giving and that they can be the heroes that day in their home with all these nice gifts, you know, for the whole rest of the family. And that, to me, always was was special. So whatever you do with the Toys for Tots, we love it. Thank you very much. Anything else you want to add or promote or anything? I appreciate appreciate you telling me that story. Like, I got feels just listening to that story about that's. Oh, believe me, I had to cut it short. I started getting feels. Oh, man. I mean, as I (laughs) think about I mean, really awesome. and, and, and believe it or not, I mean, unfortunately, with Junior's untimely passing, yeah. originally that was a concept they were taking national to, to different athletes because the gift of giving is so much more. I mean, it's great if a kid gets a bike for Christmas. Right. I'm all for it. But just imagine the long-term power of, you know, of letting them right. come home and with gifts for the family. And they literally are excited to shop for their brother or sister or Absolutely. their dad or yeah, something. Yeah, I can imagine. You know? And, uh and they otherwise wouldn't have any of the money, and, and it's just so meaningful. That's wow! That is amazing. I I'd never heard that be heard about that before, but now, wow! That's it, that's awesome. Just awesome. Goes with everything I I stand for out there, honestly. And the, granted, that's not on the fantasy football side, but I've been saying for years, decade plus, on shows like if you're in a fantasy league, give one of your entry fees to charity, like. Your league won't miss it. You'll feel, the whole league will be behind it and feel good. Nobody's going to care, um, and, and you're going to make a difference out there. And with the hundreds of thousands of fantasy leagues out there, we can do some real good with this hobby of ours if each league is just giving one donation to charity. Um, and, you're doing that, which is awesome, yeah. Scott, for sure. Which is, and, and you're you know, doing much more than that. And, uh, Scott, I don't even know where you live. I see all this Eiffel Tower in Paris. Where, where are you? Yeah, my, there, my right? wife was in, in my, we're, we're all Minnesotans here. Uh, my wife was okay. in France for a while, and we uh, we uh, have we've gone to Fran- uh, Paris. We've gone to, around France a, a few times in our life, but uh, where so that, that where, where in Minnesota? Stuff. Which 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 lake are you on? Twin- <laughs> Pretty much, right? <laughs> uh, we're, we're in the Twin Cities. I'm in Egan, Minnesota. Um, but yeah. okay, <laughs> not on a well, Scott. No, I, there's I, a I spent time there. I, I used to I used to live. This is a few years ago now in downtown Minneapolis. Okay. 
and um, right off of Hennepin. Okay. Uh, that first, as you come into the city, that first complex on the left there. And, you know, uh, of course, I'm from San Diego, so I took the little habit trails to get to the Target Center and, you know, everything else that's there. And, yeah. and uh, uh, I, I worked there. I, I actually spent some time with the Vikings as okay. an assistant, the Timberwolves and the Twins down at spring training. That's uh, So I love Minneapolis. Well, nice. uh, very, very progressive city. The, I know where Egan is yep. and, uh, and, the, and the whole deal. <laughs> very cool. All right. Thank you very much, Scott. Thanks for joining us here. Good luck with Scott Fishbowl 12 and 24. And I know you're going to. Good you luck know, to us, too, right? <laughs> no chances. We're already done. I already. I mean, come on. There's no chance we're going to do anything this year. You know what? I'm probably going to do it to myself because it's like, okay, I'm tired of. Look, don't get me wrong. I love Marty Schottenheimer. Brian Schottenheimer still coaching. Marty, you know, I'm not being negative at all. But. You know, I might end up trying to say, how do I strategize so I can get out of that second round, you know, of the playoffs, <laughs> which might blow, which might blow up my chance to like oh, even man. make the playoffs, you know, <laughs> so, who knows? And, and as, as we've proven here, I have no strategy. There's no zero running back. There's no zero quarterback strategy. It's just how it falls. I mean, what do we do for a zero wide receiver strategy? That's next, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, Fishbowl is perfect, perfect for that because the scoring no, is that's so the one balanced thing, Scott, that you can yeah. figure your out. Your settings you are can... crazy. I've, I've looked at some of your stuff. Like every year, you'll have five running backs, five quarterbacks, five wide receivers. It's not just like, you know, one position yeah. heavy. Like you've, you've figured it yeah. out for sure. Yeah, it's so balanced. Yeah, well, I, have, have any, I haven't figured any... it out yet. <laughs> <laughs> not, not us yet. <laughs> well, I've figured it out. I'm just trying to avoid being pressured to draft too early and having Michael Thomas news break go. on us yep. again. <laughs> All right, Scott, appreciate you. And uh, we will continue with part two of the Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast. But once again, thank you, to Scott Fish and kudos for all the charity work and the fantasy work that you do absolutely thank, thank you so you. much all right let's continue with part two of this week's pro football doc podcast uh that was nice to have scott fish on there so besides taylor who you've heard a lot from jacob is on this podcast as well as producer justin and so they may chime in and ask some questions but i mean taylor uh, this may be taylor's last podcast now that i remember you know, the shenanigans he pulled last year. Remaining, you're, you're remembering my mistakes, which is not <laughs> what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and uh, we won't even get into that. All good. Let's get on to the rest of it. Obviously, we've got lots of football stuff on and more football content, pro football content uh, as the NFL season. I mean, this is the, this is the busy season for fantasy and, and, and uh, futures and things like that. So, uh there, there's a lot of good content at Sports Injury Central, SICscore.com. We'll have a full preseason preview shortly. Right now we have quarterbacks up, running backs are coming. We put up a lot of wide receiver content, et cetera. Thanks for going there. But uh, we kind of just wrapped up the, well, sort of just wrapped up, when well, the hockey season, but the NBA season was just wrapped up too. Mm-hmm. And that was really our first year. We're, we're pleased to have the Chicago Bulls, former doctor, Houston Tech, Houston Rockets doctor, and, you know, I think they added a lot. And I think we did all right, considering that, you know, my I've had basketball experience. I worked a tiny, tiny bit with the Bulls, uh, a little bit with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, it was, as we just talked about. I just don't have the vast experience. So, But it, to me, what we always talk about is insider information is not something we deal in. We deal in insider knowledge of how teams work in 
I think for this next, I mean, for the NBA season, you know, look, uh, Zion Williamson, back in December, well, look, I just know a setback for a 300-pound guy with a stress fracture in his foot is not good. And that's why I said he's not making it back this year, uh, and and he didn't, and we sort of beat that. So none of it is calling someone in the Pelicans and getting the information. It's just looking at publicly available information and and coming to some conclusions. And we had some pretty good stuff this NBA season. Uh, we won't get into the gambling stuff here, but we were what sixty one percent. If you just went by health, mm-hmm. by yeah, ten points, ten point six score advantage. I mean, yeah. there you go. But I'd rather much talk more talk about. You guys brought something up. I think you, Taylor, brought it up about the NBA draft. You had some questions. Yeah, so we um, we published a little bit of red flags who we thought was going to draft, and we had a couple. One was the big one who um, got drafted second overall, Chet Holmgren. Seven yeah. foot. He's listed as 195. We've talked about, we don't know, that's a baseball card weight maybe, right? But um, what was your, why did you red flag him, and why do you think he went to the Thunder? Well, well here's what we said. Look, you know, first of all, there are two potential issues. And when I say red flag, that doesn't mean it's like a red light, okay? It just means you don't speed through the intersection and take him. You have to stop. And after you stop and you check things out, it could become green, the light, okay? So it doesn't mean they're not draftable. Right. But he has two red lights to me. One is 7 feet 195, okay? Is anyone... Tell me why a guy who actually weighs 195 wouldn't be listed as 200. I mean, don't you round up? That's does, a very specific does, number. Yeah. Does, does, does anyone say they're 5'11 and a half? No. I, I mean, come on. My six-year-old kid, if she was that height, they always like to rather, you know, if I'm five and a half. I not, mean, yeah, come, come on. on. I mean, <laughs> I, you're I try to say six what? foot, but I've been caught too many times, so I just say 5'11 and a half. Oh, you do? I'm, oh, you I'm the one, there. you know. Okay. I, I don't want to be caught in a lie. Then then that oh, looks but, worse than just but, saying you're 5'11". <laughs> oh, but see, that means, Always Jacob, the half, though. you have been caught in the yes, lie. exactly. Which means you, yeah. you have yes. listed yourself as whatever and 100%. then get caught in the lie. <laughs> well, as as Spike Lee says, it's in the shoes. You could have, like, got yeah. that half inch <laughs> in the there shoes. There you go. There you go. That's good. Uh, <laughs> but in any case, that's my point. Like, I've known players that, you know, offensive line said, I'm – I'm 300. I mean, uh, like you're not 300. You're if you were 300, you list 295. You're not 295. You're 280. You're 295 with yeah. weights in your pocket. And I right. think Nick Hardwick talked about that former Pro Bowl center for the Chargers when he's on the podcast that he'd weigh in and put stuff in his oh, pockets because yep. <laughs> uh, he wanted to be heavier. So if he really is seven feet 185, I'm not saying he is, but I'm just saying I doubt he's truly 195. Right. That would put him at medically what we call an unhealthy body mass index. And look, people say, okay, he can bulk up for the NBA, but if he bulks up, what does it do to his speed and skill? I don't know. It's just a question mark, right? right. And you're drafting that high in the draft. So his height and weight and you know injuries – uh, that at least is a, a flag. I call it red flag. That doesn't mean I'm critical of the OKC pick. But the other big one is I can tell you this. There is a higher association with connective tissue and cardiac disorders in people who are very tall. I'm not saying he has Marfan syndrome, okay? But there is a higher propensity. And realistically, is any team in the league going to draft a kid that high without a cardiac evaluation. 
I think the answer is no. Right. Right. And here's the point. It was reported that he didn't do the cardiac evaluations at the NBA Combine, that he did them separately. Mm. So I'm not saying he failed them, but he probably, as it turns out, he probably made it very difficult for Orlando to even consider drafting him. If his agent withheld the heart information from Orlando, how can you really draft him? I mean, that ensured that he'd go after Orlando. There were some rumors to that effect. I don't know what the truth is. My own point is his height, weight, we talked about it. The other red flag is you got to do the medicals. Look, if you're the number one pick in the NFL draft, you may go to combines, do none of the workouts. You may or may not do the interviews, depending, but you're going to do the medical. And that's the one thing that you're always going to do. And he didn't do the, the cardiac component. So that may be why, you know, it's secure. Maybe the smartest thing, he got what he wanted. Right. And that's probably true, too. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, kudos him or his agent. Uh, I'm not blaming him. I mean, look, I was in the war room when the Chargers drafted Eli Manning, right? And then four picks later, we traded. Eli made it very clear he didn't want to be in San Diego. Could he have used some medical? I mean, especially when you're seven feet, there's a glaring cardiac, cardiac, cardiac. Be careful, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe Eli didn't have any leverage to, I mean, he could have just withheld medical, but at combines, it's actually the way it's done. You know, if you, I guess he could have forgone all orthopedic evaluation. I don't know. I'm just saying it's an interesting. Uh, it doesn't happen often, I'd say, right? It doesn't happen often, but I would say when, when, when we from the outside don't know the story, there's something to it. And so. Yeah. Anyway, that's Chalmers. But the other one that we were heavy on, uh, and I, I'm surprised that uh, no one made it. Who was the first pick in the draft? Um, Paulo Panchero from Duke. Now, am I wrong? Or, I mean, I haven't maybe they're out there. Were there any Patrick Mahomes drafted memes out there? <laughs> there should have been. You're right. <laughs> yes, I remember that. There's some You're likeness right. there. <laughs> no, Jacob. You, I saw it on social media. It was the Formula One race in Miami. Yeah, he was at a, he was right. a race, yes. yes. And oh, Pablo Banchero yeah, yeah. was there. You got and, mistaken got for... And, 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 uh, and an English, I believe. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was a European reporter in the field when Patrick, Patrick, Patrick shakes him down. Mm -hmm. and, and he's Pablo Banchero. He thinks so. people, you know, he is kind of famous, even yeah. though he wasn't drafted yet, Duke. And so he answers a reporter about Formula One and then someone in his ear and he goes, oh, yeah, uh, that's not... Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so there should have been some Patrick Mahomes was drafted memes, but uh, I didn't see I any. Didn't see I didn't any see any either. No, you're right. No, um, he definitely they look a little like though. Oh, come on. <laughs> give or take I'm like trying to four give inches, a journalist you know? some help here. No, you're come right. on. <laughs> come on. All, all my people look alike. Uh, oh, come come on. On. <laughs> that's not, that's not, that's not. I mean, look, we'll, we'll leave it be. Forget Hyde. He doesn't, I mean, no. I'm already in trouble. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> All um, right, there's the next guy, though, Doc. Um, the one that you also read flag, you gave the lowest six score, 56, was um, Patrick Baldwin. Well, he might have dropped. He was supposed to be a top 10 pick. He fell a little bit. He went 28th um, to the Warriors. Um, I think it's a great pick for the Warriors. Right. Here's my thinking. Obviously, he's a top 10 talent. And I get where he went to college and the thing and what have you change the situation some but when an ankle when any injury goes across multiple seasons you have to be concerned 
and that was Patrick Baldwin's case. He had a high ankle, and then one of the excuses he didn't well, do well in his one year in college is the ankle was still bothering him and not 100%. That's a long-term injury. When is that going to turn around? That's why I was saying low six score. But here's also why I like it for the Warriors. I mean, look, my time in the NBA was relatively short, and I didn't hold a head team position moniker. But in talking with the other pro basketball docs who have, look, the NBA draft at 28, who are you getting? Are you getting anyone that can crack the Warriors lineup? I don't think you are. But at 28, you can afford to take a guy who maybe has an injury concern, who maybe can work his way out of it, and has high ceiling. Like, if he can go to his top 10 status again physically, that is a great draft pick. a huge deal. But other teams don't necessarily have that luxury. So I like the pick for the Warriors, even though medically I think his score is down. Maybe there's something they can do to fix it, and or maybe it's just time to really get to 100%. And then now they do have a top 10 player. So I like that pick. The one thing on that, Doc, the Warriors uh, doctor did check him out, and they did say the um, ankle is still not 100%. So they do need to clear him for summer league, which is in a couple – maybe It's a, like two weeks, two a week and a half, yes. something. So – is there a chance maybe he doesn't play in summer league too? I don't think the Warriors would care. Okay. I think as yeah, long no. as they yeah, get yeah. something in the future, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure the Warriors would care. I'm not, I can't speak for them, but the, there's no question that, you know, look, we talk about this a bunch, and, you know, when we give a bad medical and someone gets drafted, we're not saying that's a bad pick. It could be great. Look at how Jeffrey Simmons worked out for Tennessee. Absolutely. I mean, he's worked out great. I mean, uh, we said he wasn't going to play the first half of the season, and, and he didn't play till the last quarter of his rookie season. He wasn't even that good. But look at him now. They got a bargain there for, for where they drafted him. So I think uh, – and look, I've been in the war room with the Chargers where we said, look, here's an injured guy. And, and we've told the stories on the podcast before mm-hmm. that. It's, it's just analyzing what fits with your team and what your risk tolerance is and, and projecting down the road. You don't always have to draft for week one of the, or game one of the next season. Well, now that we uh, wrapped up NBA, MLB is the only sport going on still, so we're, we're still covering that heavy. Uh, Taylor's shaking his head because his, his favorite player is uh, out for quite but, a while. But, but let's not walk by. Even though we don't formally cover NHL, we cover right. all injuries. And, and Kucherov, we talked about. I tried to cover NHL for us, yeah. 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 <laughs> Kadri. Yeah. Kadri's thumb, yeah. Kadri's thumb. We've been pretty good in, I mean, uh, on, on some of that. That's in the more section at Sports Injury Central. Yeah, right well, yeah now. Kucherov was good too because you um he did have the injections that he that during the games, but he I was looking at all his stats. He didn't play well. He you know he he was not moving around well. All his fantasy you know all his props went under. So uh, how do you know all his props went under? Uh, I might have hit him a little. <laughs> uh, and, and did, did you buy me lunch at least or uh, something? I have five lined up for you. I just didn't want to buy you Subway last time. I was trying to be nice. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I added I had a lunch every time I talked to you after for sure. <laughs> No, but yeah, hockey, yeah, baseball, and, isn't it? Yeah. And, and and what about the payment for for playing an injured player and keep me off that list? With well, that's fish? something you might have to figure out. That might not be. Mine. <laughs> Don't worry, Doc. I'll, I'll keep reminding you on that. Don't yeah. worry, I'll keep track of that. No, so so uh, yeah, baseball. We, there's there's a few big things out there, right? Manny's on the verge, right? We think. Look, Bob Melvin is an experienced manager. He's not going to allow the team to puppet string him. Right. But in the right situation, I think Manny could pinch hit at any time look he was shown quote playing third base or fielding grounders he didn't even move i mean it was like t- bending over to touch his toes chair, yeah. honestly, i mean yeah. i mean 
I mean, it reminded me of my last year coaching the all-star eight-year-olds. If I can get a kid to just bend down and, and get his glove down, I was happy. I wasn't worried about the kid trying to move two feet to the left yeah. or right. I mean, <laughs> just get the ones between your legs. That's what Manny was doing. He's not ready to play third base yet. That's still a ways off. But in the right situation, I mean, look, I'm old enough. You guys aren't. I'm old enough to remember Kirk Gibson, Dodgers in the, in the World Series. Manny doesn't have to be able to run the bases super well if he can swing. Depends on the circumstance, right? I mean, so a situation like that—not obviously of that um, stature, but a little a situation that matters—he needs look, to come in, right? Well, it depends. Depends on you know pitcher hitter matchups. Who's the batter coming up there? Who else is there? What inning is in the situation? Right. One thing you cannot have is you cannot put Manny Machado up with man on first and one out. If bases are loaded and one out, boy, you can't let Manny hit into a double play. Right. I mean, he can't run right now very he's well. He's Albert so. Pujols. He's Miguel Cabrera. He's that, yeah, you that can't, speed right now. You yeah. can't do that. But, look, if it's a man on third, one out, and you need a sack fly or someone to drive the ball out of the infield, you'll take Manny all day long. You don't right. care what happens after that uh, in, a, in, a, in a tie game or something uh, like that. So, I don't know. There's baseball situations that are beyond me but i think he's available to pinch hit now dh is a different story that'll come later but so far he's doing better i mean he didn't bypass the swelling phase taylor's guy bryce harper broken thumb we don't know how bad but it's usually comminuted that's what we've written which is multiple pieces surgery is a possibility you're looking at six weeks i think he comes back this season when is the question right um but it's going to be an extended absence and uh i'm telling you i think i'm jinxed between davis and i in this little league okay so his favorite player is tatis we all know yeah. mm -hmm. and he's still not back yet he took some quote dry swings we can get into that too if you want yeah, but absolutely. i mean don't get me started i live in town here <laughs> <laughs> but uh then he switched to Machado, who was killing it, and he got the Machado jersey and everything. Now Machado's hurt. He's all over Cronenworth in his little all-stars. He's number nine. So I hope Cronenworth stays okay. But on our fantasy team is Bryce Harper, Walker Bueller, um, Mookie Betts. Now, it's not a big fantasy yeah, league, yeah. so that's why we get some good <laughs> players. But it's not that we drafted that well. Uh, only six teams in it, but... Well, Doc, I feel like every single week we bring up the National League MVP odds because every single week a guy gets taken off. Last week we took off bets. And Alcuna. Yeah, yeah, Acuna. Yeah, exactly. Every single week we're then National League MVP gets yeah. I mean, let me tell you, Manny might become a bargain if he comes He's back. He's plus 550 right now as a that, third. Yeah. That, that <laughs> might be bar I mean, Pete Alonzo, who else is there? He's, uh, so you got Alonzo at plus Goldsmith. 500, and you got Goldschmidt. Remember I told you about him? He's the one that's over 35, but he's leading the league in RBIs, so they got to put him up there as like a you know, placeholder maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's possible. We'll see if he keeps it up. But Bryce Harper isn't going to get it. Ronald Cunha isn't going to get it. Harper dropped all the way to 7,000, and he was um, yeah. under 300. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. out. <laughs> yep. Machado's still in it. I mean, assuming he can come back like we're, we're saying. Yeah. Is Acuna just uh, not going to be able to have a full, healthy season this I year? don't think he's going to miss a ton of time. I think, you know, that Scooter, people made a big deal about Scooter. He fouled the pitch off his foot. He stayed in the game. It hurts. It's sore. And in our headline, and I'm not bashing Acuna at all, but he's hurt, legitimately hurt. He's not injured. 
There's a difference. Right, nothing we, that's structural. like a motto yeah. around here. I feel like we use that just to make sure we know what's significant and what's not. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. And, and so, I, like, I don't know how long he's going to be out. Whenever he feels better, it's certainly not a great sign he's in a scooter. But those can turn around pretty quickly because there's nothing structural. You're not waiting for anything to heal. You're just waiting for soreness and swelling to go Pain away. Pain tolerance issue. Yeah. yeah and, and uh, you know, he's not playing in the field, so... Um, he won't be out long at least, but there's there's a lot of baseball people there for sure. Well, we'll have the rest of baseball coverage at uh, sixcore.com. Our fantasy injury, um, fantasy relevant injury previews are going to be rolling out too, so keep an eye on that. I, I know it's a uh, fantasy football drafting season, especially for Taylor. I mean, he's got a million leagues to draft, so he's got space mouth. We talked about Debbie earlier. Debbie, you got to start early. College is coming. And when you say Debbie, I think of my little daughter because her know. name is Devin. Yeah, yeah. I call her <laughs> Debbie. So I was like, what? what are you talking about her for? What does she do? Um, all right, I feel bad that I'll, I'll go over this quick just because I feel bad. I don't like holding things back from the audience. Sure. I'm just going to do it hypothetical. Our boy Tatis. Look, we know our estimate seems to be the much more accurate one from the beginning of the season. Fine, fine, fine. But for those who don't know, the other day he was seen, I won't say caught, I almost said caught, seen taking some swings in the indoor batting cage there. I've been in that indoor batting cage, not inside that batting cage, that the restaurant Lexus Premier it, Club yeah, there. Yeah. Okay. The Padres, well, I don't want to be that specific, but let's let's put it this way. If indeed it was a tour and no one was supposed to be there and that's why he was seen, I don't remember any tours that serve alcoholic drinks in your hand. And there were some pictures of people there was, with there was alcoholic drinks. Mm -hmm. And if it was just a systems check and it was planned, he's a $330 million guy. Face, I mean, you don't think an assistant athletic trainer would have been there? Like he was by himself. That means he snuck out, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> and I'm not being critical. Look, right, right. I love Tatis. What makes him great is he's all in, all yeah, out. Absolutely. Plays with his hair on fire. That's what makes him great. He probably kind of lives his life that way a little bit, right? I mean. Uh, he's got to do something. I've known plenty of players that, that live that especially when they were younger in their career in terms mm. of what's happening. So no criticism. It's just, uh, you know, they're playing the PR game. I still am hopeful he's back after the All-Star break. All break. What we said in the beginning of the season in March when this broke is, as a Tatis fan, this is a four- to six-month injury. Three months is not realistic. A great result is to be back 100% right after the All-Star break. Let's hope for that. And so he still could do that. So let's keep hoping. All right. Anything else? Are we going to Beast of the Beast Week? I'll throw it to Beast of the Week. We're on the baseball topic. So uh, we got, got a special I think, baseball I, one. I think this is a football Beast of the Week. <laughs> Probably isn't it? right. Yeah. I it's mean, a combo it's sure. billed as baseball, but I think it's a football one. The weight of the people in the video also replicate football as well. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so Pablo Sandoval is how big? See, he's listed at. I could say the his, my like just number out yeah, of my head weight or the real weight. Five yeah. ten two sixty eight is what he's listed at baseball reference. That, that is that better or worse than Holmgren? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> which one's closer? I mean, to the accurate. If, I mean, if you look at the video here, Wait, what did you say the weight was? Two sixty eight. Oh, that's a lie, but it's okay. No, <laughs> as as you play the video here, as he barrels around, I mean, the easy beast of the week. I mean. Pablo Sandoval's a beast. There's no chance he's 268. Right. <laughs> no chance. 
if he's 68, he's closer to 368 than 268. I mean, there is no chance. Just look at this guy barreling around full steam and crashes into the poor catcher. Now, the catcher deserves a beast of the week because, A, he blocked the plate. That's not. This is not Major League Baseball. It's not legal. The Buster Me- Posey Mexican Independent League Baseball, comes. yep. Boom. And he blocked the plate. And Padre Sandoval, Pablo Sandoval, I mean, freight train, right? And Sandoval. Is there anything did, bigger than a freight train? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I mean, let's put it this way. He was teammates with Buster Posey. Correct. Yep. Buster Posey rule is there's no more blocking of home plate. That poor catcher concussed at least. I mean, look at Pablo Sandoval here. I mean, that's crazy. Look at how big he is. And he was running full steam. Like, look, I'm telling you, if the ca- he didn't run into the catcher, he might have run into the fans that's, in the first row. He wasn't I mean, stopping he, himself he at all. Correct. stopping. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was going full steam ahead. To the catcher's credit, call him a beast, he hung onto the ball. Yep. Got and the Pablo out. was out. But let me ask you guys this question. If you know this is the result, if the catcher knew this was the result, would he do it again? No. I, I think he gives him the old ole and lets him run I straight think he, into the I dugout. I think he does because I feel like I would make fun of him in the dugout if he didn't move, if he moved That's out of the way. Fair point. He's got to think about everybody making fun of him. That's part <laughs> of his job in a really... Simu- like small sense, right? He needs yeah, to block the plate. Why do you think no one wants to be a catcher anymore? No, it kills but your but knees, and then you got to do this. His, he raised his hand at race us. He's like, I'm going to play catcher for us. So I mean, <laughs> he's playing catcher. He's is Han Hans Wilson, by the way, incredible name for for a Mexican born catcher. But he's listed as a catcher slash right fielder. I think he's going to be lobbying for right field for a lot after for this. Sure. <laughs> I'm in primary is, position is, now. Is yeah. he Mexican born? Yeah. Interesting. The I one thing I'll say about um his weight. You got that off of a baseball reference. Right. Hit, they don't have any player cards for where he's currently playing. Right. I would argue that weight is a probably that's what was on his rookie baseball card. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. true. It that's is just not, carried over. Yeah. Yeah. It is not what it is. <laughs> the weight he picked up in his career was not added to that number. <laughs> I'm telling you, 368 it would be yeah. way closer. Well, I was like, what do you give us from like a yeah, like looking at his physique? What are you saying? <laughs> give me a number here, Doc. Well, You're I saying mean, a ho- adding a hundred. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, is he really even 5'10"? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say. Probably true, too. Looks like 5'8", yeah. (laughs) Well, that might be reference, right? (laughs) Yes, yeah. (laughs) Which would put... But he's a beast. He's huge. But that catcher's a beast for hanging on to the ball. Absolutely. So that's our uh, beast of the week play. Uh, All right, guys. Thanks for uh, watching and listening. And uh, on Twitter... uh, Send a message or noti- notification to me if you can think of a good penalty for Taylor, uh, you know, uh, and for botching that uh, thing there. And and maybe for – Jacob, what do you think? Maybe the best suggestion will follow. I like that. All right. You know, within you, 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 within you, some you, boundaries. But it's yeah. terrifying for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you good with that, Taylor? Yeah, you're, you're allowing the internet to decide my fate, which is terrifying <laughs> It's for never sure, a good idea, I'll, yeah. I guess I'll allow it because I have no choice, right? So. <laughs> All right, thanks for watching, listening, Pro Football Doc Sports Injury Central podcast, and thanks again to Scott Fish, and we'll see you guys, or uh, hopefully you'll hear us next week, and go to the website in the meantime. Thank you.